Good evening. Happy Tuesday. Yes, it is Tuesday. Last week still throws me off. Still, Labor Day weekend always throws me off. But it is Tuesday, and this is Talking Sports with Evan. I'm joined by special guest tonight, uh, former Wisconsin Badger NFL veteran, spent some time with the Packers, amongst other organizations in the NFL, which we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit. Um, Vince Spiegel, thank you so much for spending your Tuesday evening with me for a little bit to kind of talk some football and kind of what you got going on right now. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm looking forward to chopping it up, going over the Packers, Badgers, and all the above. Yeah, well, and it's a pure coincidence that, you know, you're coming on tonight because for those that don't know, you've had twice now, if I'm not mistaken, where you've had a ruptured Achilles and wasn't really talked probably need to talk much about Aaron Rodgers today aside from your time being a teammate of his but Monday Night Football last night Aaron Rodgers uh I don't know if his foot got caught in the turf while he's being tackled or what happened you can give your thoughts on that so I'm pretty sure you played on that field before he uh pops his Achilles MRI confirms it's a ruptured Achilles he's done for the year um I've never had the injury. Thankfully, I know, unfortunately, you have. What's that injury like? Because he was able to get up fairly quickly and then all of a sudden just kind of sit back down on the ground. I didn't really see too much pain expression, per se, on his face. Um, But what's that injury like? Yeah, I'm I'm unfortunately in the rare class of both my Achilles tearing. And uh, I wish that upon nobody. For, tore my first Achilles in 2020, and then uh, my second one last year in 22. And you know, um, this the when the injury happened, I actually thought right away that Aaron tore his Achilles when he went down. And a lot of people are like, well, he walked off. He walked. You know, he's you know, if you tore your Achilles, you can't walk. But in reality, you actually can. It's just you don't have any push off. There's no there's nothing that's propelling you forward. And I think when Aaron went down, stood up, realized, hey, I actually can't push off of this thing. And then from that point went down. And I think from a pain standpoint, your adrenaline's going. Um, it's the adrenaline of the game. It's the, you know, the shock of your body going through a shock. I think that's what allowed him not to have really any pain in that moment and then went down. And But I could tell you one thing right now. I, I, guarantee, I guarantee it Aaron's feeling today. And – I really feel bad for the guy because Aaron is such a competitor, man. He is, whether you love him or hate him, he's unbelievable for the game of football. He's an unbelievable talent, and he pushes himself and teammates around him to the next level. And that's that's really what I was looking forward to seeing with the Jets this year was, how, you know, Aaron and the the rising Jets, what they could do this season. And, um, you know, kind of all those things have to be put on hold with the injury. Yeah, and it it's, uh, hurts multiple fronts. Aaron, I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers his whole time in Green Bay. Even when they drafted him, yes, I know everyone was mad that they drafted him when they had Brett Favre, but either way, liked him coming out of college. And I've been a fan of his for a while, so the fact that you know he's out for the year, the NFL is a better game with him in it. The When you're a star player, he's one of the star players in it. It's a better game. And yep. unfortunately, he's not available the rest of the year. On top of that, the Jets lose who they thought was going to be their savior. They've had very bad quarterback play for the majority of their franchise, let alone, you know, now you have Favre. I mean, you had Rodgers, you had Favre before that. Um, Before that, I think Namath was probably the last really good quarterback they had. Um, And then for the Packers' point of view, as a Packer fan, you hate seeing it. Plus, 
And I know this is very the minuscule element of it. You know, the Packers needed him to play 65% of the snaps and they were going to get the Jets first round. Now it's obviously going to be a second round. So it's just, it affects so many different areas, but more importantly affects a, a human being who now can't play the sport that he loves. Exactly. Um, said you've come back twice from it. Uh, can you kind of, kind of, what is that uh, recovery, rehab, surgery, things like that? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, an Achilles injury, if anybody's not familiar, it's a long journey back. It's not like a, it's like a broken leg or um, it's not like an eight-week injury. This is this is anywhere from nine month plus. Um, it's a long injury that requires patience and, um, you know, but thankfully this is an injury now that a lot of guys can come back from. So, you know, obviously Aaron is, is up there in age, but, you know, Aaron's a competitor, man. He's going to want to come back and, I think any athlete, you always want to go out on your terms and, um, you know, not done by injuries, if you will. So I, I think I would hope to see Aaron, you know, come back and try to make a comeback. But, you know, what you, it's like, you know, what would you see in the recovery process? It's, you know, start off in a cast, hard cast for around three months. And then from there, then you get the cast off and then you'll be in a walking, you know, a boot on a knee scooter. And then from there, you'll basically uh, have a heel wedge that elevates your foot like this. And then over time, the wedges go down until you're flat. And then you go into a shoe that's elevated and then no, no, no elevation in the shoe. And then you're walking and then, you know, then you start to slowly start bringing that thing back underwater, aquatics, to walking, to jogging, you know, and then the sprinting, the cutting. So... There's a, there's a very, very long progression that I went through twice, once with the Miami Dolphins in 2020, and then last year with a uh, with, um, um, uh, rehab facility down here in South Florida that I reside in. So last year, um, that's what I spent my time doing is training and rehabbing and getting my Achilles right for the season. And I think uh, with with modern-day medicine and, and rehab where it's at, you know, if Aaron wants to come back, he can't come back from something like this. Yeah, and I hope he can because I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see his career end like that. I don't want to see anybody's career end like that, especially, you know, first for, you know, for you, I know you're working on uh, a few things behind the scenes that we'll talk about a little later. So I'm glad to see that you're back fully recovered. And, you know, it's definitely not something you want to see happen, you know, end Aaron's career. So I'd rather see him end his career on his own terms, not because the injury decides it's, it's time. And, you know, some players don't have that luxury. You know, for him being 40, is that possibly going to make the whole process even more difficult or don't – with the type of athlete he is, does that not really matter? Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to speculate on it because every guy's body's different. Um, you know, you said, like, go out, go out on your time. Some guys can't. I, I would really argue that most guys in the NFL, they don't go out on their time. Yeah. Everybody would love to keep playing. Aaron's played this long game for, for a very long time. Um you know, a lot of guys don't have that luxury. Um, and, and the average NFL career is about three and a half years to three years. That's so, you know, to put that in perspective, you see Aaron is, he's put an, um, he's put an, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Fame, no question. So, you know, whether Aaron comes back or not, uh, he's a first ballot Hall of Fame. He's an unbelievable competitor. And uh, you just, you don't ever get to see any great going on like that, but you know, that's part of the game. Unfortunately that we play is that there's injuries involved and, um, 
And, you know, I, I think, you know, David Bacciari, he voiced his concern regarding the turf field in New York, which, um, which is, is, and I, it really is, is, is one of the, is one of the toughest fields to play on turf wise in the NFL. Um, I experienced that when I played there many times like, against New York and against the giants and that life is, it's a, it's not the best surface to play on. So, you know, all those things being said, it's, it's, you never like to see an athlete go down like that. And, and, and you just hope it wasn't done by a surface. Yeah. And hope, you know, hope and I've seen Detroit was the same way. I think they switched it out now, but I know Bakhtiari, uh, uh, Rashawn Gary, uh, are now Savage, all, not Savage, sorry, Eric Stokes all guys that have been hurt on that turf. And then you have MetLife. So what is about it that makes it so tough to play on? You know, that's a great question. When you go on a turf, you're doing your pre-warm-up stuff, you kind of just feel the turf, and you kind of tell if this is a good surface to play on or not. Um, I would argue that what Met, what makes MetLife a hard surface to play on is that it's a, it's wintertime, it's – you get the changing of the season, so that hot, cold contrast. What does that do to the surface? But you know, then you'd argue, hey, Buffalo, though, right? Buffalo is a, a turf as well. You don't ever hear anybody c- comparing about um, Buffalo surface. You know, it's a it's a really tough question, and um, I'm in the camp of would I rather play on grass or artificial turf? I'll take grass every day. Um, I think it just kind of it's easier on the body, less injuries happen on it. Not, you know, it's not going to prevent all injuries, right? I tore, I tore both of my Achilles on grass. If, if that, if that gives you any context, um, you know. But I think you know you do see an elevation of injuries sustained on turf. Yeah, and I, I could definitely see that, especially you know we don't see the old school turf anymore, um, but I've played on that surface and that hurt quite a bit so they've gotten better than it used to be but i grass when i played i would prefer to be on grass too so i definitely feel that yeah week week one in the book i know it's hard watching sitting on the couch or your chair watching the game instead of being out there playing mentioned before um we started this is your first week um week one not on a raw on a roster at a game but just watching uh Focus on Packers, Bears right now. What kind of stood out to you about that game, or what were your thoughts on Jordan Love's uh, first yeah, start it was, the starting quarterback of the Packers? It was it was tough being on the couch, but it also was great to be able to watch a lot of my former play, you know teammates and friends be able to go out there and compete. And it was nice being able to watch the Packers and, and Bears do their thing. You know, even though I was still cut by the Packers, I have a great deal of respect for the organization. Um, they brought me into the league. Um, I was named after Vince Lombardi, so I, I got a great deal of love and respect for the Packers. And I even got a tremendous amount of love and respect for the fans. Like, I'm a Wisconsinite at heart, and I'll always be a Wisconsin kid. So I I love the pity, but I love the people of Wisconsin. I love the fans. Um, you know, just kind of my overall thoughts is is I was just really impressed by Jordan Love's, you know, his first week, uh, big moment for him. I think there was just a lot of uh, question marks, and I think he was able to go out there and, and kind of answer a lot of those. Now, I'm sure there's going to be ups and downs and ebbs and flows of the season, and um, you know, I was just really happy to see Jordan Love 
um, be able to go out there and, and have a strong performance. And, um, you know, I, you know, then he also on the other side, I got TJ Edwards. He's a former teammate of mine playing for the starting middle linebacker for the bears. So, you know, I have all these, I love seeing the Packers play well. I love my, my TJ Edwards playing well. So I'm always just kind of a bystander, if you will, I'm not rooting for any one particular team. And I also have 32 potential employers out there, so I can't be saying anything too harsh <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> not expecting you to. So <laughs> I just kind of want to get your general thoughts on Jordan Love. I know you played with Aaron, and that was basically a big storyline of the whole offseason. And I know you grew up in Wisconsin. And switch to uh, where you played your college football at Wisconsin, the Badgers. New coaching staff this year, kind of new philosophy across the board more of a three, three, five, instead of what they were running, uh, more of a spread it out passing attack. Um, what are your initial reactions two weeks, uh, two weeks into the Badger season? Well, I think like fans, they can't overreact here. And what I mean by that is like Luke Fickle is a home run hit for the Badgers hiring him on as a staff. He's a home run hit. He had tremendous amount of, uh, of success at Cincinnati, Ohio state, um, I think Wisconsin is going to see great success going forward. I think when you bring in a new coach who's got a new philosophy, he's got new coordinators, coaches, and new um, – it really is everything's new. It takes time for players to acclimate. And I think, you know, we are in a society, in a world now where we want instant, hey, win now, now, now. Um, I think good things take time to progress and build the right way. And I think Luke Fickle – especially Chris McIntosh, the AD at Wisconsin, they're, they're doing that the right way. Like Chris is an unbelievably smart person and a good human being. And um, I'm excited for what Wisconsin athletics is going to be and especially the Wisconsin football team. So yeah, it looked a lot different A three, three, five. I'm, I played, a, I played a lot of football, and a lot of defense and, you know, a three, three, five, isn't one that is necessarily the base defense. Um, and then, yeah, you know, you're, you're used to seeing as a Wisconsin fan, power style offense, big bodies out there. We're going to pound it down your throat. Well, that was, we really didn't see that at all. We, you know, we saw a, a shotgun spread it out type of offense, airing it out. And, and it was, it was fun to see that, you know, I, I, I'm a, I love seeing the, uh, the badges kind of look different and they had, they had, you know, 200 something, 270 something yards of passing and only under a hundred yards of rushing, which is, you know, un, kind of unheard of Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think my big takeaways are the, the offense can move the ball. Um, Washington State is a better team that people are giving credit for. Defense has got to create turnovers. We were negative three in the um, turnover battle. And um, I think Badger fans are going to be patient this year. And um, but, but, hey, you know what? Why can't the Badgers go undefeated the rest of the season? They got, they got a big Ohio State. Um, game against Ohio State, you got, got Iowa, but who says that Badgers can't run the table the rest of the year? Yeah, it definitely stacks in their favor. The Iowa and the Ohio State games are probably two of their toughest matchups that they do have left. So yeah. They definitely can't run the table, and you know, like it's I'm not ex I wasn't expecting national championship or bust this season for Wisconsin, just yeah. not where they are. And you know, they have a lot they have a lot to develop yet with the the talent that stayed here and then the talent that Fickle has to try to bring in. Um, I'm sure Braylon Allen doesn't mind running in uh, 
you know, not eight or nine man fronts all the time. Now I'm sure yeah. that he probably likes that. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right though. Like, hey, why can't the badger on the table? Um, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, and and you know, Ohio State's gonna be a big game, but you don't think Luke Fickle's gonna be fired up about that game? He's gonna have those guys prepared. That's gonna be on also on you know Halloween Halloween weekend in Madison, Wisconsin, nighttime game. You know, those are games that Badgers. You know, we as a player who's played in those games, you are, you know, you understand the environment. You're extra, you're, you're extra, extra motivated. It brings extra little you know juice to Camp Randall a night game. You know, those are games that Badgers win. So um, I'm excited to see how Badgers finish out this year. I'm not. I'm not saying we're going to run the table, but I'm not saying that we're not. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% there. I'm not saying they're going to, but you know, Ohio State, they're breaking in. You know, like they were, they lost quarterback. They're breaking that. You know, they have two guys that they've been kind of working in that position. Who's to say they're going to be CJ Stroud by then? They might still be going through growing pains as well. And yep. a couple bad throws here and there, boom, or a 99 yard kickoff return to open up the game. Like, um, could have that happen as well. It's happened before in Madison. Right. That's <laughs> uh, right. Speaking of uh, Madison, so I know you're from uh, Wisconsin Rapids area. You went to Wisconsin. A um, few other schools kind of looking at you coming out of high school. Was Madison going to be it all along, or did you? Was that a tough decision at all? You know, it was a tough decision, but it wasn't. My, you know, my dad played college football at BYU. My grandfather. Did coaching at BYU. My uncle played at BYU. So, you know, we had those uh, strong family ties at BYU and, you know, other schools like Michigan as well was in the top three. But I think when I really sat down and prayed about it, uh, Wisconsin was coming off two Rose Bowls. You know, their unbelievable education, unbelievable campus. And the, the thought of being able to stay home and play for my family and friends there's something special to that. So to me, it was the best decision I ever made to stay in home at home in Wisconsin. I, I was, I had the pleasure of meeting my wife, Sarah. She was a Wisconsin girl. We met, uh, I had the chance to marry her my, going into my rookie year. So if you, if I had to say Vince Beagle, you know, tell 18 year old Vince Beagle what to do, I would, I, I would tell him to do the exact same thing over again. And, um, my moments and my memories of being a Badger are my are some of my best. Some of my best friends are are the ones I made in college. Um, some of my greatest memories I have are from college. So, um, and, and just the people of Wisconsin are special. So, I I um, I have a tremendous amount of love and respect for the Badgers and and for the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed, uh, especially that 2016 season at Wisconsin. That was a very good defense you guys had. I know you mentioned T.J. Uh, Edwards, I believe. Uh, Watt, T.J. Watt was on that team as well, yeah. correct? And that we, was just we uh, had a, we had a stack team like T.J. Watt. I mean, T.J. Watt's been an unbelievable career. T.J. Watt, T.J. Edwards, Ryan Conley. You had Garrett Dooley played a short time in the NFL. Uh, Leon Jacobs played it um, a few years in the NFL. Um, myself, Joe Schobert. That was the linebacker room. All those that, that was the entire and Jack Sitchie. Jack Sitchie as well played um, three, four years in the league. That Chris Sore, same thing. Um, played one, two years. Zach two, Braun, years. I think, was on that team. Thank too. you. I'm sorry, I'm Zach, Zach Braun still playing in the league. You're talking about that's almost that's ten dudes right there. 
or who played in the NFL for a significant amount of time. Like that, you don't ever hear about that. And basically, the entire linebacker room at Wisconsin was in the NFL, and um, all great people too, by the way. Um, which makes it fun for me to kind of, you know, not playing right now, but be able to watch and cheer those guys on. So, yeah, we had a great team, great defense. Yeah, and one of the big games that season that stands out, um, I just kind of want to get your your memories from that, but you and LSU um, at Lambeau Field, September 3rd, yep. uh, you upset them 16-14. I'm one that predi- – I think I predict Wisconsin one every week, but I definitely picked them one that week. And what was that environment like? Um, I know being a Wisconsin kid, getting to play in Lambeau Field, playing for the Badgers against a nationally ranked team like LSU, had it been a special experience. That was my favorite game as a Badger. Favorite game as a Badger because you see all these red jerseys with this green and gold backdrop. And to me, like that was a perfect Wisconsin memory of Green Bay Packer fan, Badger fans, and kind of seeing those two worlds collide. Against not not just not just that game, but it was a huge first week of the season against the top. What was LSU ranked at the time? Uh, number five, top five team in the in in, in, the, in college football, nationally televised game, and we go out there and we defensively we played strong, and, and overall team we did, and we put on a huge victory at Lambeau Field. I mean, you can't write that up any better, uh, and that was just kind of. That was the start to the season, and we had a great year that year. It was fun. 2016 was a good year. Did you get to do a Lambo leap that game at all I, afterwards? Afterwards, I did, yes. Yeah, afterwards, I did. That was a, that was a fun game, man. I mean, a lot of great memories. Um, I don't know what that trophy – did you see the trophy at the end of the game, though? I don't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, so so if you look back, like, there's this bizarre trophy we get we got from playing in that game. I never understood the trophy. Yeah, and I think they I I think they've gone a little overboard with the the trophy games because you have the Paul Bunyan acts the um and then it's like they always want to add like trophy games to everything. I think they added one for you Wisconsin Nebraska Wisconsin so freedom, Iowa the freedom, the freedom Trophy. Yeah, and then uh, that's that's Wisconsin versus Nebraska, and then we have the uh, the uh, uh, with the Iowa. Bowl. That was like the big the bowl where that's Wisconsin versus Iowa, but then you just have the Paul Bunyan acts with the with Minnesota, um, the significance and specialness of that as a Wisconsin guy um, when the Badgers win that axe. I know you never gave it up. Um, you kind of kept that away from Minnesota, but the past couple of years it's been kind of more back and forth. But how special is that keeping the axe or winning the axe from Minnesota? That's that's everything. Like. The border battle, the Paul Bunyan axe, um, you know, keeping Minnesota kind of where they belong. Uh, that was like that was passed down to me as a freshman early on. Like, hey, we can have a crappy season, but as long as we're winning that uh, Minnesota game, you know, that it was a successful season. And in our locker room, if you go in, in the Badgers locker room, they got it's a beautiful locker room, and they got three um, three big cases um, where their trophies go. And kind of having those as empty cases is kind of a little bit, it feels a little empty in there. And it felt really good. My time, you know, early on my season, you know, early on my career, we basically had that, it was full every time. And then I think we lost to Iowa in 2015 at home and a close one. We lost the, uh, the Iowa game, lost that trophy. But other than that trophy, we basically kept all the trophies my whole entire career. So, 
that was a credit to the guys who came before me, like guys like Chris Borland, guys like uh, Mike Mike Taylor and uh, Monty Ball. Like those are some of the older guys, uh, Travis Frederick, Ricky Wagner, Ryan Groy, that established that Wisconsin culture that still lives today. Yeah, and then you played at Wisconsin, great career there. And then you go into the the uh, after the twenty sixteen season, go into the draft, and um, what's the for? So you were the first pick of the third round. Um, what's the the draft overall like for a prospect? Like what what's all that, that all situation like? I was first pick in the fourth round. Fourth round. I'm sorry. Uh, I would have took the first third round though too. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like the so like first uh, night one is just first round. So I remember having just some of my my buddies uh, around. We were just kind of watching the draft. Wasn't expecting a call, and then you know I was in that year. I was kind of supposed to go to second or third round, and uh, I ended up throwing a draft party <clears throat> um, day two, which is second and third round, and I never got a phone call that night. And that was a really hard night. I remember, um, you know, I actually cried that night with the frustration of, you know, not, not getting that phone call, the, you know, the work I put in. And uh, I remember waking up, it was just my wife, it was just, um, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, Sarah, you know, her parents, my mom and dad, my brother, my sister, and my brother-in-law, that was it. So it was nobody else, just close family. And uh, I remember just sitting there, the Packers were already on the were already on the clock, and I was like, "Okay, the Packers already picked because usually they call before the clock starts." Well, middle of the clock, all of a sudden I get a call from a Green Bay area coach. I'm like, "What the hell?" Oh, I answered like, "Hey, Vince, uh, this is this is uh, Ted Thompson, GM from the Green Bay Packers. Um, we're gonna be ready to be a Green Bay Packer." I'm like, I was just blown away, and I really didn't have any words to say, but just. Um, I'm named after Vince Lombardi, played Wisconsin, played, you know, from Wisconsin, played at the University of Wisconsin. And to get that phone call, that was, I mean, that was everything. You didn't think it was any of your friends trying to, you know, be funny or whatnot. Like, no, are you, are you, are you serious right now? You're not no, back, messing with me, are you, TJ? <laughs> no, no, it, no, it, we players don't do that kind of stuff. Uh, that's, it's a, it's, I think as a fan, you might joke about it, but like that's you have to remember these are yeah. these are men behind these things, right? Like these are real emotions, these are real feelings. I think sometimes fans can kind of get um, it's your passion about your team, right? But there's 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 a man, there's a man underneath that helmet uh, who's got feelings and emotions just like you. Yeah, and probably you know I probably would have been a. Oh, a friendship that was done if somebody would have done that. <laughs> quite like that. Um, yeah. So how? So you, you talked about typically when the so and so is on the clock, it's counting down. When it's counting down on the TV, like how's? I guess when do you know? Because um, obviously ESPN has to add and wait and add to the drama and all that stuff. Like when do you know? Like how well, would be on that? Saturday, yeah. you know, you know, I can only speak from my experience because I haven't really sat in anybody else's draft night or, um, you know, getting drafted. So I can only speak from my experience. But typically, like from what I hear is like, you know, you guys are when, a, when teams on the clock it's early in on the clock that you're getting the phone call. And then, you know, when 
by the time that they're airing that is, you know, it's probably, you know, I'm sure like around a minute delay or something like that. But, you know, Packers were kind of already midway through their clock. And then I got the phone call. So I actually remember being on the phone call when they're like, we're taking Vince Beagle. I remember being on the phone call. So it was, uh, you know, they, they would have sent that in the night before, not the night before, but they would have sent that in hours prior. So um, it was really cool, though. Uh, the rest of the day, it was really fun. My, it was me and my dad and my brother. We went golfing the rest of the day. And to me, that was like a perfect day of just in my, in my hometown golfing at the Ridges Golf Course. Uh, shout out to them. And uh, just being able to just to, a lot of my coaches and just people who've been along my journey were able to be out there and just congratulate me. It was just a, it was a special moment, man. And um, wish, wish my time in Green Bay could have been longer, but you know, I think things worked out the way they were supposed to. Yeah. And, you know, I want to kind of touch about the time in Green Bay because that's your rookie year as a rookie coming in the NFL. What's that like? You know, coming in a rookie, man, it's just like eyes wide open because everything's so new. These are the guys you see on TV. Um, it was really special. I walked into my locker and my locker is right between Nick Perry and Clay Matthews. And I grew up, looking up to Clay Matthews, like he was the guy who I emulated. He want, I wanted to emulate my game after him, how he, you know, how he, how he did everything. I looked up to Clay a lot, even his time at USC. And I had my locker next to his. It was really special because I was able to learn from him. Um, I, I, I still keep in contact with Clay to this day and consider him a friend. Um, he, you know, taught me how to not only just, you know, be a pro, but how to act like a pro, how to conduct yourself like a pro, how to watch film like a pro. So, I'm grateful for my time and, and for my time with Clay to be able to show me how to do that. Yeah, definitely has to be shirt for it. So uh, walking into Lambeau, going to that locker room, knowing who's been there before you and who knows who's been in that locker before you. And I know you spent the, uh, this, that season with you know Aaron, going to jump back to Aaron. Uh, I guess what's he like? And as much as you want to share, that's up to you. But kind of what's it like? you know, sharing the locker room and the practice fields and game day and stuff with him. You know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I really love him. Right? I mean, he's an unbelievable competitor. And Aaron was always very gracious with me in my time there. I got nothing but good things to say about Aaron. And, uh, you know, I think Aaron has just this passion of to, to win, and that's truly what makes him so special and, and, a, and an unbelievable competitor and what's made him successful. And, um, you know, I, I think it elevates the defense to play better and elevates the guys on offense to play better. You know, I remember jumping off a few times off sides on, on um, during, you know, practice. You know, Aaron's got the best hard count anybody in the league. And, uh, you know, falling for that in practice, it's like, you know, welcome to the NFL. And, you know, Aaron Aaron is, is very smart. He, he conducts himself like a pro. So I was always impressed, like, you know, when I walked in, in the in the locker room with Aaron, I remember seeing him in 2012. So like five five years prior, I saw him at the Milwaukee Awards ceremony for high school. I was a senior in high school, and Aaron was the MVP that year. I think Brian Braun was the MVP in in MLB, and I got pictures with both of those guys. And they're just like me with no beard and skinny face and. Uh, had a picture with Aaron. I remember showing Aaron the picture. I'm like, bro, this is me and you five years ago. And it was, 
it was a funny little laugh because you know here we are then i'm a professional in the locker room with aaron so um you know my time with aaron was always good he's he's a unbelievable competitor unbelievable quarterback He's probably mad at you for making him feel old right there. Yeah, this is <laughs> <laughs> now I played with you. <laughs> um, you mentioned the time in Green Bay didn't end the way you wanted it to. And, you know, we don't, as fans, don't, you know, don't get to see the the realness. Like you mentioned that you're a human, you have emotions, you have feelings. We don't get to see any of the behind-the-scenes stuff ever. Um, but you uh, – training camp go through training camp you have the cut down day or whatever what's what was that experience like kind of what is that experience like and then um you know i guess take you know take us on what transpired after that yeah like you know cut day is a stressful day for guys around the league um, it goes from a 90-man roster to a 53-man roster with a 16-man practice squad. So it's a stressful time for guys. And, uh, and even practice squad guys get cut, and then they get brought on after. So there's only 53-man guys that make the roster. And, um, you know, that's, that's a one day of the, of the year where you don't want to get a phone call, right? So um, if you don't get a phone call, that means you made the team. If you do get a phone call, that's, you know, you're getting called in to get cut. So. Um, I remember sitting, you know, I remember getting done with the workout in Green Bay. I got a phone call, went upstairs, and uh, they let me know that they're going to be releasing me. So it was it was a tough time because think about it, I'm I'm from Wisconsin, played the University of Wisconsin. Now I got drafted by the team I always grew up. You're named after Green Vince Lombardi. Exactly, and then you're telling me the team is cutting me after one year. Uh, what the heck? I was a fourth round pick. It was it was really tough pill to swallow, and I I think it it wasn't necessarily for myself. I was really just disappointed that. Um, I let a lot of people in the state of Wisconsin down and that's really what, where that it came from, um, was, was just disappointment that I couldn't, um, live up to the expectation that, you know, I set for myself. So then, uh, you know, new Orleans saints, uh, they wanted to sign me to their practice squad. Um, and new Orleans saints offered me double what the normal average, they offered me double salary of what the salary and I'm for practice squad was and I said I told Green Bay I said hey if you guys match that I will sign back with Green Bay Green Bay said no they're not going to so I said all right we're heading down to New Orleans the bayou and uh was on the practice squad for I think it was actually for two weeks I was on the practice squad there for two weeks and then got activated the um, um elevate to the active roster the rest of the season so you know if I could go back and do it all over again I would absolutely go to New Orleans every time because I think it was really important for my progression because I needed that space because I, I think it was too heavy on me. The pressure was a little bit too much internally being from Wisconsin. Um, everybody wearing 45, 45 Vince Beagle jersey, it just put a lot of pressure on myself. And when I got released in Green Bay, I went down to New Orleans wearing number 59. Nobody knew who the heck I was. And it felt it was freeing freeing from the standpoint that I can go out there and just play football again and, and just um, do it, be able to go out there and play the game I love. And then from there, you uh, went to Miami. What was that uh, experience like in Miami? Yeah, so 18, we played, we went to the NFC Championship game, and then 19 was was with the, with the Saints and had a, had a great training camp. Um, 
and then um, Miami traded for me. I, I got traded to Miami, made the made, made the roster in New Orleans. So not only do you have to get past first cuts, then you're not only to make the roster, then you have to hopefully slide past not getting traded. And then so there it was, year three on three different teams. Right, I was in Green Bay, New Orleans, and then there I was, week one with the Dolphins. I'm like, man, what is going on? Like, yeah. and I think it was like a self-reflection time. But um, 2019 ended up being my best year. Um, I was able to, you know, play my best my best season. I was started on defense. I played all four four special teams. I, you know, played 60, 70 snaps every game, and uh, it was a great year. And then um, I had a chance to – then the next year they tendered me and tore my Achilles in 2020. It was unfortunate. Then I came back and re-signed me in 21, played that year, still recovering, and then uh, signed with Baltimore during free agency in 22. And uh, and then I tore my Achilles during training camp, and that's kind of been the journey. Yeah, and then you mentioned your Miami. Just jump back there. I uh, also got the interception of uh, Eli Manning that season as well. So that must have been uh, intercepting Eli, who likely going in the cat and getting a ball from him must have been kind of special then too. It was. It was cool. It was Eli's last home game in New York too. Eli's last home game in New York, and then I had a chance. I got. I sacked Tom Brady that season. Um, sacked Josh Allen. So it was it was a good year. Twenty nineteen was a great year. Yeah, and then you mentioned now you're just working on uh, hoping you know waiting uh, to get that call. Um, the you know situation you're in now. Does you and your agent do you guys kind of talk about what situation you prefer to go to, or are you? Um, so is he kind of working on his end on, you know, working on that end for you? And I was just waiting for that phone to ring and said, Hey, so-and-so wants to sign you. Yeah. So how that process works is your agent is always working for you. He's working his contacts with general managers, scouts, people who he knows across the league. So, you know, my agent Carter's done a great job for me. He's, he's, he is, um, calling teams and working with teams on my behalf. Now, I'm a guy who's always like, you know, the best advocate is myself. So I actually, the advantage of being with all these different coaches over the years is that I got tons of people across the league who I've played and, you know, played for. So it's been reaching out to all those guys, um, contacting with them. And, you know, uh, you know, and it's, it's kind of being patient at this time. You know, unfortunately, it's, I'm waiting for injuries and stuff to happen to get an opportunity and, you know, opportunities, injuries are going to happen. It's just if the opportunities come. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, but things on my end doesn't change because those are all things that are out of my control. All the things that I can control is making sure I'm healthy, making sure I'm in shape, make sure I'm ready to roll. Cause when that phone call does come, I'm able to answer and I'm able to go take advantage of the opportunity. So those, those are the things that my mindset's at is control the things that I can control and, um, being able to be staying ready and get and and from that from that time does come. Well, I appreciate you spending some time with me talking about your football, you know, journey in the Wisconsin and the NFL, and a little bit before that talking about with the you know situation now with Rodgers and 
one. I do appreciate it, and I uh, enjoy seeing your perspective out on Twitter or X or whatever it's being called <laughs> these days. But I hope you understand what I'm saying here. Is I hope I, uh, I hope I don't have to see it, you know, pretty soon here because you're going to catch on to somebody. So I, hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I'm on Twitter a lot more now. I kind of uh, decided that I'm going to be able to. Giving my perspective on the Badgers more this year, giving my perspective on Packers more, um, being a little more a little active on Twitter this year. So come, come give me a follow at Vince Beagle. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys on there. You guys all have a good night too. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, watching the show. Podcast will be posted later tonight. You can find anywhere podcasts are found. Again, this is Talking Sports with Evan, and I will be with you again on Thursday getting you ready for NFL action in week two and uh, talking some Brewer baseball. They're – Beat the fish pretty good last night, and they're beating the fish so far here tonight. So going to talk about some brewers as well. Have a great rest of your night, everybody. Thanks, Evan.